So verdict on these Worcestershire sauce chips. Not bad. No, I say dud. Really? That like I mean they're not gross or anything. They're fine chips, but I, don't know. I was in, uh, <laughs> fine chips. I was expecting great things. I don't I love Worcestershire what, sauce. I don't even know what Worcestershire sauce is. What is it? It's like it's brown. It's thin. Brown and hot. Oh, so it's no, great, there's no spice in Worcestershire. Mm. Sounds like. Oh, what am I thinking of then? I don't know. Tabasco. No, I'm, so, I'm, sure, I'm sure. Oh, you're thinking of like English mustard or something? Horseradish? Uh, anyone out there? Wasabi? Who can help me? Hey, slug. Identify my shit. It goes, it goes great in a uh, in a spag bowl. Bit of extra. Bit of extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good. Are you telling me? I've gone all my life thinking Worcestershire sauce is spicy and it's there's not. no spice whatsoever. Oh, okay. So there's no... Tangy. Yeah. But is there no kind of... Uh, no. <laughs> Unless you... If you were to drink a glass of it, Unless, yes, there would be. If you, if you were sculling it, mm. maybe you'd but do no, it. There's no spice. It's a tang sauce. All right. I can't believe I lived my life not knowing it was a tang sauce. I didn't, know, I didn't even know what it was. Well, you probably think it's called Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> Worcester. <laughs> I thought it was Worcestershire. Oh, well, you mean Worcester yeah. sauce. Progressive Rugby League. It's PRL time once again. Big Al's rocked up with a punnet of cherry tomatoes. How weird's that? Oh. We're snacking on them. It's a tomato kind of day. What the? <laughs> uh, not altogether sure what I'm talking about, so maybe I should just get back on script and say, welcome to our PRL experts. Jono's here. Hi, Jono. G'day, Slug. Welcome back. I am chomping. Is anyone going to bit? Because I am chomping at said bit. Well, can I... Can I... Hello, thank you for having me as well. Can I be... I didn't even introduce you yet. Who are you? Can I, can I be the Jono to uh, the, the, the wet blanket to this opening exchange? I was going to say wet blanket my yeah. introduction. Well, Please. I, I, you mean... I hate to be this guy. I think it's actually champing at the bit. Oh. <laughs> no, isn't it chomping? I'm pretty sure that everybody oh. says chomping and that's wrong. I think it's yeah. champing at the bit. I... I um. I think you might be right. Mm. Oh, is that so? Mm. Right. Mm. I quit. <laughs> Ian East of Leeds or Ian of East Leeds, please confirm. <laughs> Big Al, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm feeling pretty good for a personal win I just had over this other guy. Oh. Quite sure. <laughs> Wet blanketisms, um, probably around the 20 to 1 mark yeah. in the scoreboard. No, thanks, thanks for having me. Sorry for interjecting prior to my official introduction, but it's good to be here. I'm in a fantastic mood. Hey, I can't wait for another great pod, fellas. Well, I was in a great mood. <laughs> Look, we're free and easy here, Big Al. You, you jump in when you feel necessary reflections. That's how we start. All right. See, it's on me. Okay, so we all know that on Saturday night, well, for those that don't know, that on Saturday night the Tigers got uh, absolutely thumped by the Roosters 42-12. to 12. I'm surprised you're talking about this. Yeah, I know. Surprise, surprise. Big L's talking about how the Tigers lost again. <laughs> um, but that's not really what, it's, what this is about. I actually made the conscious choice to not watch that game, and not because I, oh, it was going to be stressful and everything. I actually, it was going to be a quite a relaxing experience because I didn't think the Tigers would win at all, and I mm-hmm. had already, I didn't really care. If, I mean, if they would did win, that was going to be a lovely surprise, but yeah. I had no Expectations. So I, but I actually just had something else I would have I rather do than okay. watch this Tigers game. What but was I, it? Well, I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's the big L to worry about. <laughs> John, he needs to keep a little mystique about yeah, it. Yeah, fair enough. 
don't uh, want to know. Fans, uh, write in about what you think I had to oh, do. God, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm manning the Twitter. I don't want to. I don't want to imagine anything. Um, okay, so I, I, my plan was I was going to, to watch the game eventually, but just not go to the game or watch it live on TV. So I had it uh, recorded or I had it queued up on my like whatever to watch the full match replay at some point. My plan was to go out, um, do my alternate plans, and then come back and watch the game fully like do the media shutdown so phone off not, yeah. not get any results and watch the game um, you know from first to 80th minute as if it, as if it were live uh, but I could you know curiosity got the better of me and I, I couldn't resist and so I, you know when you're like you know you're on a diet and you go like okay I'm never eating chocolate again and then you're like oh well dark chocolate's okay and like well you start making little compromises for yourself so at roughly, least 70% yeah so, so like I do that every Monday by the way um, but after uh, after I, I, I couldn't resist I'm like alright you know what you can't check the score and you don't want to watch any highlights but just check the vibe on Twitter just see just see what's going on and then you'll get an idea of what's yeah, happening Yeah. and I was surprised I was quite surprised and I'm surprised that I was surprised at, like about the, with the I don't know the the pointedness of the criticism of mm. like a couple of players uh, from the Tigers team, mm. and I, I didn't. I, I just had to scroll through, and I don't know why this hasn't this hadn't, hadn't hit me before. But for some reason, I just had this like epiphany of like, this is really like quite nasty stuff. Mm. And the things that I found nasty about it were like, social media is kind of weird in that there's stuff that people say on there that you are like everyone's perfectly free to say whatever they want and there's stuff that you'd say like speaking specifically about football mm. there's stuff that you would say like to your friends at the pub after mm. you've just had a bad loss and you're, and you're yeah. angry stuff that I, I have said like this mm. player's crap get him out all that sort of mm. stuff but because it's like written down for some reason it makes it seem more legitimate well I don't know it's, it's just more more like if you're just saying it to your mates somewhere then it just it's there and, and three seconds later it's gone it disappears it doesn't, it doesn't exist into the, into it the like, yeah but the fact that it exists but adding to this was the fact that sometimes players were, were like tagged in to yeah, comments or, and, and even but and even the team like I, I also I, I never say horrible like oh the Tigers are the worst team ever right every, every now and then I'll chuck out at a very self-deprecating I'm a Tigers fan and I suck tweet and when I do just out of habit I, I say like I, I tag like at West Tigers in there sure um, and I don't know why I do that. I just have done it. Well, it's before. not a person. It's, no, it's, it's not a, a person. But like, and I would, I would never tell. It's not really constructive. It's just like, oh, at West Tigers lost again. Uh, I guess I should be used to this. Such as the life of like a being yes. a, a crappy like West Tigers supporter or whatever. Self-deprecating and quiet. Yeah, anyway, um, and I don't know why I do that. And I've decided I'm not going to do that anymore. But lots of people, yeah, I saw tagging in players on things like mm. you know, so and so should. This is our new seventeen all these people should be cut to reserve grade, this guy sucks, like, mm. blah, 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 blah. And I don't know, I found it quite... I've just never found social media... Everyone says social media is, like, like great, but also horribly... But horrible at the same time. And I'd never really thought of it as... Like, I don't know, it just never really affected me. But for some mm. reason, that time, mm. I did, it really affected me. So I've got new rules for me to abide by. And mm. I'm hoping others can as well. Mm. And it's basically, if it's positive, tag them in. Mm. If it ain't, don't tag them in. Yeah, mm. we've talked about this before. Mm. Twitter gets a very low progressive score from us. Well, I mean, there are good and bad things, obviously, about Twitter. I think because it's such, uh, it's that immediacy of it where people are, get addicted to it. They get addicted to seeing the likes. They get yeah. addicted to reaction. And when you when you sort of tag people in and you go negative, that's likely to get a lot more reaction. Yeah. So it's kind of that subconscious, subliminal yeah. sort of addiction. You see the, the one come up on your notifications. You see the two, you see the three, you see the 20 plus, And you go, well, how about this? Mm. I think that, that has a lot to do with it as well. That people just are addicted uh, to that 
instant gratification, that instant reaction. Yeah, and, and, and I guess it's just, it's unique to Twitter in that you can very directly ping mm. anybody who's That's on right. Twitter. Yeah. On Facebook or whatever, you know, you've got to, they've got to either follow you or mm. join your group or whatever to see what they're, what you're saying. And it, Yeah, and it's all brand new, really. Like, Twitter's, what, 10 or 12 years old? You know, 20 years ago, you could say what you liked about someone and they would probably never, ever find out. Mm. And now, yeah. they everyone, well, if you're a, a personality, you know pretty much what everyone thinks about you. It must be yeah. quite horrifying. Yeah. I don't know if I could handle it. All right. Well, the message is clear from the PRL boys. Don't at people. Don't at them. Unless you're going to, unless you're going to, you know, say something constructive. At them when you boost them. Don't at them if you're, if you're not. Um, But I'm going to move on because that's, I I have one other thing to add. Sure. I, and I probably should have, I could have saved this for a prog mom, but I'm so excited. I have to say it at the top of the show. (laughs) I saw a wonderfully progressive moment uh, in the Cowboys Titans game across the weekend. Wow. Do tell. Cowboys were winning, were leading 6-4 and got a penalty. This is in the first 20 minutes of the game. Got a penalty right in front of the sticks about 15 metres out. Mm. You know what they did? Go on. Took the tap. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. so thank you very yeah. much. You, really, you. you really see that. Yeah, I mean, I think in those situations when you're you know, deciding between a two-point lead and a four-point lead, you know, you sometimes see that. But yes, in, in this day and age where penalty goals are the norm, good on you, yeah. Yeah. Cowboys. All right, well, very quickly, my reflection is, uh, in a recent episode, we talked about the come-down factor. Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about the pull-together factor. Ooh. Okay. Now, these are more than sexually euphemistic terms. <laughs> these are legitimate, legitimate forces in rugby league. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I'm looking at the Sharks and Melbourne Storm game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and look, Sharks shouldn't have won that game. No way. But... They, they, something was working in the background there, the pull together factor, or as they probably say in the shed, do it for the boys. <laughs> uh, so most of Sharks' first grade team is out injured. Well, yeah. not most, but half. You know, Sean yeah. Maloney's out, Matt Moylan's out, yeah. Wade Graham's out. Like, there's a lot of people out. Yeah, and, like, yeah. and the ones that are playing are like playing on like five needles or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, Allen's got a broken leg. Exactly. They're coming <laughs> up against the storm, the might of the storm. Yeah. Um, but. They just had grit about them. Yeah. That you might not see in the normal course of a, a, a fully uh, stocked up Sharks team. Now, I, I totally agree with you. And I have this question for you, Slug, because listeners might not know that the Slug used to follow the Sharks as mm. his primary team. Mm. But he sort of left them at the altar and started going for the Knights. In, now, in a, in a uh, spat of teenage rebellion. against. <laughs> that's right. But you clearly have, still have a soft spot. I can see it in your eyes. Are you tempted to, to reignite this passion? Uh, I would be if the Sharks weren't the least progressive team in the whole competition. Right. So we all, we know, we all know what the Sharks are like. Yeah. <laughs> they, are, they are a bit grubby. I mean, they're trying to improve. I mean, they've, they've got... Uh, Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson. Yeah, yeah they are. John and Morris I mean, is a I great mean, coach. You know, when Paul Gallen John leaves... <laughs> well, let's reassess. All right. <laughs> But um, no, I just, I just, uh, I found myself watching that game and found myself not understanding how yeah. it was happening, and yeah. that, that's the only thing. That's the only possibility is the the pull together. We've got to do it for the boys. We've yeah. got to do it for each other. We're not going to win this if we if we just go, you know, play our normal game. We've got to step up. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a great, a great performance. And I mean, to be honest though, <clears throat> Melbourne Storm, they're they're probably not as good as we think they are. Like, you know, they've had a couple of close mm-hmm. wins over some ordinary teams like the Warriors and the Bulldogs at home. Uh, in this case, they mm-hmm. almost pulled it off and didn't quite. Uh, they're just, 
they just know how to, to win games and they'll be up in the top four, no doubt about it, but surely they don't have enough. You know, well, I don't think they've got enough out of fullback. You know, he's a, a good player, the young fullback, yeah. but um, he doesn't quite have no. spark. He looks fast, but he looks fast because he's small. You know, those small players that you know have their legs going and yeah. they're really fast, but they're not really fast. And they're ducking and weaving. Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, anti-prog figurehead Paul Gallen also uh, indicated that there was a bit of infighting going on Is that in right? the Melbourne on the ground. Okay. Particularly at the end there when some poor choices were made about yeah. what mm. to do with the rapidly uh, diminishing time clock. Time so, um, yeah, you know, not everything going swimmingly in mm. Melbourne, but still, they should have beaten that uh, very depleted Sharks. Yeah, thing. absolutely. Good reflection. Look, my reflection is not too far away from Big Owls. It's in the same postcode. Now... There are two types of things in this world. There are things that matter and things that don't. Mm. Hang on, hang on. Slow down again. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to remind myself of this sometimes when I go on Rugby League Twitter. So, obviously, we've been doing this show for a bit over a year and, therefore, I've been on Rugby League Twitter for a bit over the year. And, as we've been discussing, it's a curious little environment and I'm still getting used to it. Now, our experience, I'm glad to say, has largely been positive. We have virtually met many brilliant people from all over the world. Though, the thing about Twitter is even when all the stuff you're directly involved in is largely positive, you are forced to consume a lot of other stuff that you haven't solicited from people you've never heard of. Mm. It's a bizarre type of force feeding, like a force gorging. Mm. It's never ending. And a lot of the time, as you were saying, Miguel, it's a lot of negative stuff. So even though your direct experience is positive, you trudge off that Twitter field deflated from all the peripheral muck that's clogging up your virtual esophagus. <laughs> now, um... The Twitter spat often has this effect on me. You know, the Twitter spat. I often incidentally bear witness to a Twitter spat where two or more people are yelling at each other without ever intending to listen. Uh, There was one over the weekend that I saw. It was nothing really. started as a disagreement. Uh, then it descended into a bit of a, you know, name calling, mm. a little generalising. Mm. Other people piled on in true Twitter style, <laughs> um, and then it died a natural death. Like I yeah. said, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary, but it was enough to leave me deflated as I exited the platform for that day. Now, this kind of ridiculous, useless argument, which uh, contributes nothing for no one, uh, it reminded me, as I said, when you boil it down, there are two things in this world, two types of things, things that matter and things that don't. Now, what goes in each category is really up to each individual. But I think when it comes to rugby league, you can kind of use that framework. Uh, And here I am going to tell you, for me, how I'm going to try to categorise rugby league. Things that matter and things that don't. So these are things inside rugby league. In rugby league, yeah. Things that matter, because there are two types of things in the world. Have I mentioned? (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of things, man. That's right. But anyway, it's a starting point. Firstly, things that matter. Does my sport... And the competitions I follow have integrity, i.e. is it legitimate? Mm. Is it a legitimate competition? Mm. Yeah. That, that matters. That definitely matters. Am I proud of my sport? That matters. That matters. Mm-hmm. Are people expressing themselves creatively? <laughs> that matters to That's me. That's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> is my team putting in? Mm. That matters. Yeah. Do I feel connected to my fellow rugby league man and woman? That matters. Uh, now, so there's a few starting points. Now, what doesn't matter? Things that don't matter. Did the ref get every decision right? Correct. Doesn't matter. No. Um, did my team win? That's oh, a hard one. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, now. You know, does it really matter? Don't rob Big Al of half his reflections <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the season. Uh, what were the completion rates on the weekend? Ah, yeah. blah, blah. Doesn't matter. Does the NRL chairman talk too much on Twitter? 
you know, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So they're just starting points. And I think it's a good way, a good reminder sometimes mm. when you're sort of either, I do it sometimes when I'm stressed out at work. I do it like a general, you know, hey, remember, Jono, there are things that matter and things that don't. What are you worried about about this work stuff? So it's sometimes good. People look at each other going, he's talking to himself. <laughs> so it's sometimes good when you're sort of in a bit of a, a state in the rugby league world to just to remind ourselves what matters and what doesn't. Mm. That's I my like reflection. That. Right, thank you, Jono. I, I like that as a general life, mm. like life hack when you're feeling overwhelmed or feeling bad about yourself or whatever, having a tough time. Yeah. Make a list of things that matter and things that don't. Love That's it. Because right. often in that situation, the list that matters is very short and the list that doesn't. It is everything else. <laughs> remind me a little of the Progressive Rugby League pillars. So maybe you should send that to Twitter and just suggest some pillars That's that right. they conduct themselves by. Yeah, good point. Yeah, very good point. All right. Well, some very Twitter-heavy reflections there, fellas. But uh, well, before we go on, oh, sorry. I, I do want to talk, talk about the NRL competition because it's at a very interesting stage. Mm. And after eight rounds, the ladder is at an interesting point. And I think there's two narratives when you look at the ladder. Uh, that I'd like to just express right now. Mm-hmm. The first surrounds my team, the Paramount Eels, and Manly Seagulls. Mm-hmm. And I call this narrative hope over fear. Hope trumps fear. So in this case, like, at the start of the year, you could not find anyone who thought Parramatta was going to come better than 15th. Mm-hmm. Definitely not in True. the top eight. Same as Manly. And on top of that for Manly, most people are going, they're not going to last the year. You know, mm. people are saying they're on their last legs. Yeah. But all of a sudden, they're comfortably in the top eight, you know, doing better than they could have hoped. So hope, in this case, has trumped fear. So yeah. isn't that wonderful? And Manly, another side who are horribly injury-plagued. Exactly. Like, Nate, tell me someone in the back line you've heard of before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've missed uh, Tom Trebojevic for a lot of the year. DCE was out during the weekend. They still, they still won. So, uh, you know, good on them. That's what hope can do. Mm. Uh, the other narrative is the, the shooting in the foot. So last year, there were three teams who are now on the bottom of the table. I'm um, talking Penrith, the Warriors and Brisbane. They made the top eight. They were only two points off the minor premiership. It was that sort of competition. And then they just decided to make a decision. It was really kind of self-wounded. They've self-inflicted their wounds because it wasn't like... Uh, there was a string of retirements and, you know, all their great players have gone or, you know, players have left and this or that. They've made, like, a single decision, which has kind of made a, a really stuttering start for them. So in Brisbane's case, they got rid of the coach. In Penrith's case, they got rid of the coach last year. And in the Warriors' case, case they got rid of their best player. <laughs> <laughs> their only player who could win them games. So it's just a bizarre... Two narratives I see in the NRL. Obviously, you've got, obviously, the leaders as well. But that's, yeah. that's quite dull. Parramatta and Manly hope over fear and the self-inflicted wound for Brisbane the Warriors and Penrith mm. insightful as always okay. some bloody reflective reflections there fellas I will must say thank you um, any mailbag action this oh, week Jono just a bit mm-hmm. why don't we start off uh, with Liam from Brisbane he got in touch commenting on the trials and tribulations of the London Broncos he said I feel like we're learning about the Northern Hemisphere game together through the magic of expansion teams while the Broncos are struggling, the London Scholars are doing well in League One. So how about this for a silver lining? If the Broncos get relegated and the Scholars get promoted, that means... Dun, 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 London Derby! <laughs> now that is a very impressive silver lining. Thanks, Liam. In worrying times for the Broncos as they sit stone motherless in Super League. We'll get to that later, of course. Now, last week we expressed remorse for forgetting about the Walker Brothers 
in the Queensland Cup when talking about lower league excellence in the field of creativity. Now, Lynn, he responded saying, my extreme levels of agreement on your Anzac reflection was almost immediately offset by what, by what sounded vaguely like praise for the Walker brothers. Surely the progressive Queensland Cup coach was Christian Wolfe, who has a stronger winning percentage and coached Tonga to a World Club semi-final. Yes, Christian Wolfe did a very good job at the Townsville Blackhawks over the last few years while simultaneously doing great things with Tonga. Though, I should say, winning percentages aren't necessarily our thing. Hmm. You know, we're more keen on the, the style of play and the oh, creativity. Things, things that matter. Things that matter. But yes, Christian Wolfe, who is now assistant at the Knights, by the way, uh, has had an excellent few years. So, you know, double, triple points for him. Uh, now, Liam also suggested that the PNG Hunters could be the PRL team of choice in the Queensland Cup. And I think that's a fabulous idea. The PNG Hunters obviously won a couple of years ago from the Papua New Guinea, Port Moresby. And I think I've looked at the latter. They're coming... 13th out of 14 or 11th out of 12, which is right up our alley. <laughs> Winning <laughs> is second. Something you're much more comfortable with, that's for sure. That's right. So, and meanwhile, Carsten, our Iron Curtain Cowboy, he suggested calling all sports Brisbane. They do a good job streaming the Queensland Cup. So thanks, Liam and Carsten, for helping out on the Queensland Cup. Also from Brisbane, Turtle Wilson, he got in touch, not about the Queensland Cup, but about Toronto Wolfpack coach Brian McDermott and his appearance on a podcast called Mentality, which is about helping men be more honest and in tune with themselves, which sounds like a good idea to this man, if, if you could call me a man. Now, Brian McDermott is a bit of a reserved personality, so it's actually a really interesting discussion. It's hosted by Leeds Rhinos' Stevie Ward, so check that out. Folks, now, while on the Wolfpack, the big chat in PRL land this week was all about the Wolfpack after their fabulous return to Lamport Stadium last week. Now, we'll get to the game against Bradford later, but I was reflecting, as I do, uh, about how when, when it comes to the Wolfpack, people often bicker about what might become of them in the future. What happens if they start losing? What if it rains? What if it, uh, what if it can't work in the Super League in the long term? What about their lack of local players like they're magically supposed to have all these Canadians ready to roll? You know, I like to live in the present when it comes to the Wolfpack. Yes, there are questions but there's lots to celebrate here and now. Yes, it would be great if in 20 years there are a handful of Canadians playing for the Wolfpack, but surely of more relevance is that there are thousands and thousands of Canadians who are actively supporting Toronto Wolfpack and Rugby League right now. Now, I sent a tweet uh, to that effect during the week, and there was a lot of response from people all around the world. Paul Sharples from Berlin responded on the topic of Canadian players. By way of comparison, he said, as far as I can make out, only three Canadians played baseball for the Toronto Blue Jays in 2018. And they're doing okay. They've been doing okay for the last few decades. Jimmy Stagger from Boston, he added, prior to the advent of the Toronto Raptors and Memphis Grizzlies, when they were Vancouver, there were hardly any Canadians in the NBA. Now they're second only to Americans. Pro teams spark growth. And also, and this is important, we in US and Canada, do not care whether players, uh, where our players on our pro teams come from, just how they play for our teams. And we also heard from v- Viva Gaz Vegas from Perth and Avery from Avery Sports Show in Toronto along similar lines. And it's a good point. A sporting club or franchise is about building a community or vibe that people, including the players from out of town, want to be part of. And if fans see players buying in, then it works. Homegrown players, they're the icing. So, and Ian East from Leeds, or Ian from East Leeds, he also made the interesting observation that more professional teams means more opportunities for working-class lads and ladies from working-class rugby league towns, which is a very good point, Ian, mm, as, as usual. So, 
That was the mailbag this week. It was a very uh, interesting, interesting week. What are your thoughts? Was one of the complaints about the Wolfpack legitimately "What if it rains"? What if it rains? <laughs> Did somebody see, was that well, seriously see, tossed up? You haven't seen a, that because well, Lamport Stadium has you know what? zero coverage what? when it comes to poor drainage. <laughs> <laughs> What's the irrigation like? Talk about clutching at straws. That's that is just like yeah. Wow. I mean, but pe- people. Feel there are there are I think it's a very small minority but a loud minority. We go back to what mm. Twitter's like um, that feel threatened by the wolf back, yeah, especially I, from those yeah. small rugby league towns. I, I understand all that, and I also understand where the the idea that players from a team located somewhere for some reason need to come from that area. But like when you think about like think about in strict, even in NRL terms, like how many players from Parramatta like are Parramatta juniors or yeah, like or whatever. Like that doesn't, doesn't matter. You don't care. Matter, no. No. So um, Melbourne Storm, there's maybe one or two Victorian players in the yeah, twenty. Yeah, like I think about any well, other any other yes. um, <laughs> sport that has franchises, you know, globally. Like you've got the NBA, of course, and um, you know, like even Super Rugby, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Like play, players who play French rugby in the top fourteen. You've got Australians playing there, and no one from Toulon cares if That's right. Semi Red Radra didn't come from. I mean, you ask most supporters, and I know we always say winning is secondary, but would would most supporters want their team to be competitive, or would they want their team to be absolutely hopeless but have homegrown players? Yeah, like I it's, mean, it's it's just I mean it's just people feeling threatened, so chucking up anything they can to sort of put a barrier up. I have one other thing I want yeah, to say for a little, little morsel from that mailbag. So let's take the London Broncos, London Scholars. Derby or Derby? Derby? Mm. Derby. Derby. Um, like hypothetical situation. Why can't we dream big and think about two London teams promoted to the Super League? Oh. That's a possibility, right? Of course. Like if, if the scholars dig in and if, Have the, a Bronco, if the Broncos hang on, yeah. we could be seeing that. The hypotheticals and, and, are getting and, fanciful no, now, aren't they? It's, it's, it's possible. And, and because they're English teams, they don't push on the international quota, quota at all. That's yeah. right. It's not going to be at the expense of Catalan or the Wolfpack or Toulouse. And you've got to remember the London Scholars are, I think, now half-owned by the Wolfpack. So, I mean, yeah. it is fanciful because they're, they're a couple of divisions away, but maybe it's not that fanciful. Imagine having a premier competition team called the Scholars. <laughs> I know. How about that? Can you imagine? Just back on the Wolfpack, I think the greatest threat... Mm. to uh, the potential for Canadians to play for them in the future is just how good the facilities are there. Why would you want to run around getting hurt and hot and sweaty on the field if there's beautiful craft beer to be drinking in the stands? (laughs) So, um, yeah, dial back how good it is to watch. People start getting on the field and playing. (laughs) What if it rains? What if it rains? Exactly <laughs> right. So that's a good one. That's the that's mailbag for this week. Thanks again, everyone. And you can get in touch with us via Twitter. That horrible place. But only if you got something nice to say. That's right. Add us if you got something nice to say. Uh, Facebook and Progressive RL at Outlook Hang on a sec. Me 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 me. Jono, what's it time for? It's time for Slugby Gal and Me. We like what we see when it comes to French Canadian. Rugby 13. Should we explain what we were doing with that one? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. Did, 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 did anyone bring a tuna? <laughs> I think people will care. Tuning key. Oh, dear. The old international update. Big Al, launch at it. All right, let's start with Catalan. So, big win over Hull FC, 37-6. So there was plenty of good uh, long-range tries in this yes. one. So I'm going to call it, uh, you know, a marvellous attacking display from Catalan. <laughs> um, there was a sin binning in this one as well. Mm. Um, and I'm not quite sure how I feel about it because it was a sin binning from a violent act, which is bad. 
bad. But it was on a player that I don't really mind, you know, copping a bit of a, a bit of niggle every now and then in Greg Bird. So um, is that unprogressive to say to yeah, talk that probably. sort of way? Okay, fine. So it was a it was a full on coat hangering. Um, but it, and it was inspired. It led that happened off an odd passage of play where Sam Cassiano kicked the ball oh. after dropping it. So All right, yeah, that's confusing. that's Sam expressing his creativity. That matters. <laughs> And so I'm sure, um, and as John has expressed over Twitter, uh, that several of those Catalan's Dragons tries would have been inspired by Toulouse on peak. Oh, so, absolutely. Sure. Now, in that game, I think it's a really good performance from Catalan. So they won away from home by 31 points. They had nine or ten players out. Uh, but, to be fair on Hull FC, I read they had 17 players out. So that's a whole first-grade <laughs> squad. So, so who was playing? <laughs> I don't know, they were playing against Shadows, perhaps. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. Um, so moving on, uh, London Broncos. So, like, we've, we've been sort of bemoaning the current state of affairs for mm. the London Broncos for like a good couple of weeks now, and it doesn't get any easier. So, we, I mean, they were up against Wigan. Wigan, yep. the powerhouse. We didn't expect them to win, um, but so they lost 18-8. Yep. It was a bold, a bold performance, I say. Uh, London were leading 8-6. Um, and at that point, you know, you could dare to dream. Mm. It could have happened. Um, and then just after halftime, uh, off a London scrum feed, they dropped the ball cold 10, 10 or 15 metres out. Yeah. We can pick it up and go over untouched. And from there, um, yeah. that was, pro- I, I think, had that moment not happened, London probably could have gone on to grind out and win on this one. But yeah. then just that one, um, yeah, it was, I'm going to call it a clangor, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, that sort of, I think that broke the spirit. Well, you remember. Earlier in the year, London beat Wigan at home, eighteen sixteen. Mm. So they're on track again. They were forty minutes away from you know labelling Wigan as their bogey team. You know, imagine that. That'd be feel pretty good if you can beat Wigan twice and label them as your bogey team. But no, not to be. No, but I mean, you get the first forty minutes. It was the pull together factor, clearly. Yeah, oh, absolutely. They, they, they were pulling together, um, and unfortunately, I mean, it, it paints a story that again we've been saying for the last couple of weeks. So on the ladder, we've got Catalan in fourth place. Great news. Yes, fourth place, sixteen points. Plus two. Plus two. Plus two, which is great. Uh, London, oh, last 12th, six points, minus, minus two. two. You were right to be talking about that relegation zone all season. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, <laughs> so I don't really know what to do. I, I should have looked at the draw. I don't know who London have got next. I think we've got well, a break for the Challenge we've Cup. We've got Challenge we? Cup and then, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm really hoping that the London boys can, can pull together in this one. But they're in, um, it's going to be a tough season. Well, I mean, you could call this a mini off-season. And they started the season earlier in the year after their off-season well. So, you know, let's think positively. So after a mini-off-season, they'll start the new season, quote-unquote, you know, in yeah. the way they started the old season. Yeah. <laughs> and, and <laughs> let's you know, go look, with that. Looking at their last results, it was they, they won the first half as well. So it's, again, oh, yeah. another draw. Another one-all draw. Another one-all draw. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty good. Um, so let's go. We'll focus on the championship. Uh, so we'll start with Toronto. So Toronto have notched up a victory over the Bradford Bulls, 36-16. to 16. Uh, so this game saw Toronto run out to a 14-0 lead, only to be run down, uh, well not run down, but brought back to about 14-12 mm. at halftime. Yeah. Um, then the Wolfpack brought it home in the second half, scoring three tries back to back to back. There was uh, a Jono special, as in a consolation try for Bradford, <laughs> somewhere <laughs> towards the end there. Uh, and then a fourth, a fourth second half try right on full time. So, John, I've got a question for you. Yes. We are awfully concerned with how the Wolfpack stay hungry and stay challenged across the long season. Mm. How does this game rate in the hunger stakes for you? 
Well, this game was at least a 25-30% increase on intensity than their previous game against Swinton. This was a, a game that they were tested against a decent, a, a very good Bradford Bulls yeah. team who came at them and, and, like you say, they came back to 14-12. That's a, so, that's a huge lift, though. Did you run these numbers past anyone else? Or? <laughs> oh, look, off the top of my head, you know, yeah, right. back of the envelope stuff. <laughs> But it was, um, yeah, it was it was a much better performance, and there was a return of a couple of players in the Toronto Wolfpack, which gave me hope for those games when it's going to be tight at the end of the year, where you need a bit of a spark to crack through the opposition defence. There was a return of Liam Kay on the wing, who's Irish international, and the return of Joe Mellor at 5'8", who showed showed a little bit. And Joe Mellor uh, is a new signing for Toronto Wolfpack from Widnes from last year, so I think he played quite well at 5'8". That try at the end that you mentioned was uh, just from a little off-the-cuff kick for from Joe Mellor for Liam Kay, who scored in the corner in the 80th minute. So that sort of thing gave me hope uh, that you know they might have that spark to crack open defences in those tight games at the end of the year. Mm. But yeah, as usual, it was a, a good, solid Toronto Wolfpack performance. So are we going to call this uh, a hunger, like an enticing game? Or a, like does it make them more hungry? Or does it just satisfy the appetite? <laughs> um, hungry it anymore. sated their hunger. Right. And I would think that they're looking forward to their next meal. So well, <laughs> the, the, the next game is some sorbet. Yeah, before so like a palate cleanser? Yeah. A palate cleanser. <laughs> palate cleansing sorbet. Plain biscuit. Okay, well, that's good. And Joe Mello, any relation to Paul? Oh, I was going to say that ah, and sorry. decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I thought I was going to jump in, but I, I didn't want to interrupt John. And then I thought the moment had passed, and then I was like, oh, bugger it. I'll say it anyway. <laughs> yes, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, Probably not right. this well, answer. Well, get your facts fans, right, Johnny. Fans, right in. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's go back. We'll, let's move on, and we'll talk to we'll talk about Toulouse Olympique. But yes. at the same time, we can also bring back the long forgotten Jews news. Oh yeah, news you can use <laughs> two and one because it was uh, Toulouse Olympique playing Jewsbury in Jewsbury, wow. and uh, well, depending on how you look at it, great game because Toulouse won thirty eight nil. Bad game, Jewsbury lost thirty eight nil. What's our excuse, Big Jewy? Very good. Um, so yeah, I mean a strong display from from Toulouse. So I'm uh, watching the highlights back. This one wasn't broadcast because, well, at least if it was, Johnny didn't let me into his toilet. Um, watching the highlights back. That's a first. What's <laughs> easy? Uh, so I counted seven tries, or as the French call them, essays. Uh-huh. I think, mm-hmm. I'm, think I'm uh, pronouncing that correct. That right? Yeah. Um, getting your language up before your trip. That's there good. There we go. Um, I really do like how once you score an essay, you get to transform it. Transform. So, uh, transform. Uh-huh. Yes. And all the, all the essays were transformed. Um, to put an Australian twang, twang on it. Uh, anyway, so, uh, but I digress. So seven essays in total, of which I reckon three could have been dubbed progressive. Mm. So I'm going to say uh, it, it's great that, that Toulouse won, um, and there was definitely nothing unprogressive about the performance. I think they could have done better. <laughs> and I think we should set a benchmark for Toulouse now, because they're going pretty well. Yeah. Of 50% of mm. all tries for a game should be able to be dubbed a progressive try. Right. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah. So three from seven, not, not too bad. I mean, not could awful, do better. not awful, but they, they could do better. And like I said, the ones that were, all the ones that weren't progressive were not unprogressive. Mm. Like, well, they didn't do horrible things, but they were just, you know, a bit too close for it to be. Yeah. Like, I get, once you, when, when you're playing the ball four metres out, like, it's pretty hard to do, <laughs> unless you want to run backwards and start chucking it around and then, I, so I get it. Like, I'm not saying they did anything wrong, yeah, but I just right. like I'd like to maybe I'd like them to, to lift. I'd like to see. A bit I'm sure Toulouse coach should be right on board with that. Absolutely. Yeah, excellent. Um, so we'll look to the ladder. Toronto first place, 24 points plus eight, mm-hmm. and, um, and Toulouse second place, 20 points plus four. That's right. So we're yeah. talking about plus 
uh, relative to the fifth place. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well done. Um, and so, the next game of the championship will be round two of the Super Baby Cup. Mm. So we're looking at Toronto versus Toulouse at the Summer Bash in Blackpool, my friend. This is on the 18th of May. Mark that down in your diaries. Uh, get in Jono's toilet. That is a very exciting uh, date, the 18th of May. You've got the Camp Nou in Barcelona. You've got Catalan versus Wigan. You've got the Summer Bash, Toronto versus Toulouse. You've got Greece versus Norway, World Cup qualifier. What a day. Yeah, well, um, I was actually so going to mention that. Greece versus Norway is also on the Saturday. Mm. And I think it's about a four-hour drive between Blackpool and London. Uh-huh. So Because they're playing at the Scholars' home ground. Yeah. Unfortunately, I looked at the timing. Uh, so... Greece and Norway kick off at one, and Toronto and Toulouse kick off at three. I think, or maybe that's the other way around. So I just can't see it working out. You for can anybody. just floor it. Just put the foot down. Well, but we'd have to like they kick off one game and leave immediately to get yeah. there in time. Like by the time the first game finishes, I think the other game probably already started. Hey, uh, while we're in France, there was some there was some results from the French Cup, the Coupe de France over the weekend in the semi-finals. Uh, Saint Estève. 13 Catalan, so the Catalan Dragons reserve team, they beat Limon 47-12 in the first semi-final, and Carcassonne beat Lesignon 30-18. I'm a huge Carcassonne fan. Absolutely. So the final on the 9th of June will be the Catalan reserve team versus Carcassonne. That's very exciting. And in the final of the wheelchair French Cup, uh, Avignon beat the Dragons 55-44. to 44. Well done. Wow, high-scoring game. Well, I'm not sure how wheelchair rugby league goes, but apparently they score they, plenty of points. Yeah, so that's great. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so also, so once you've got your, your weekend, the 18th of May, locked in, you're going to go see all this wonderful rugby league. Yes. You're going to travel around and see everything. Greece, Norway, Toulouse, Toronto, everything. Um, the next day, you have to catch a flight to Tokyo because on the 19th, it's the first round of the Japanese National Cup oh. as well. So oh. we've already spoken about this. There's four teams, Tokyo Shinjuku, South Ekebukuro, and the Kansai Kaminari, um, all from various regions. Um, yeah, kicking off on the 19th as well. Yeah. So big weekend for International Rugby oh, League. That is very, a very good update. Now, mm. before we finish up, now something that I forgot to mention back on the Toronto Wolfpack, and Dave Matthews brought this up. Uh, for us on Twitter. But David Argyle, the owner of Toronto Wolfpack, he went up into the stands mm. at, uh, to the, towards the Bradford Bulls supporters, the away supporters travelling, with 500 cans of beers. <laughs> just handing them out. Do you think he was holding or all just these on his beers back. at once? Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a strong fellow, obviously. But he was giving out hundreds of beers to people to say thank you for travelling. Oh. Yeah, that's hospitality. Yeah, that's it? amazing. That's really it's good. also poor responsible service for alcohol. <laughs> so, you know, what? There's that. Yes, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, end. End. Finn. <laughs> Finn. <laughs> All right. Well, we're edging closer to the end and you know mm. what that means, don't you? Uh, remind me. Progressive mode. Oh. Progmon. 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 Sorry. Gotcha. Got it. Snackable. 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 <laughs> Well, I've got rolls off the tongue. I got a pretty snackable progmon. It's simply that. Um, well done, Souths, for paying tribute to Greg Inglis. They all did uh, the Goanna. Yeah, I like that. It's just lovely. It was I, just lovely. When when I first saw that, I didn't. I think it was it was Cody Walker scored the first mm, try. Mm. When he when I first saw that, I thought, well, that's that's a bit arrogant. Like it's, it's ten minutes. It's in not your thing. Yeah, and I, and then like, but then I realised what was going on. I was like, yeah. oh wow, that's yeah. like okay, well, yes. yeah, that's good. Yeah, keep it keep it coming. That's right. So yeah, obviously, uh, South homage homage to uh, Greg Inglis there. So well done. 
Uh, my Progmom, the PNG Rugby Football League and NRL PNG have recently launched their 2019 mini and modified league games, oh, uh, which uses modified league rules and targets kids between the ages of 7 to 12. So it's all about getting kids uh, in school to stay in school and to do some, you know, some active stuff, get exercising, and also get in touch with the beautiful game of rugby league. Mm. Uh, and one of the good things I like about this is participants have to stay or have to be in school to take part in the mini modified league. So part of the cool stuff that's happening with the game in PNG, folks. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. My prog mom, Rugby League World Cup 2021. Uh, the organisers took the Rugby League trophy, World Cup trophy, Paul Barrier trophy, to Jamaica. Yeah, they released a, a brilliant video. It went for about five or six minutes of just the, you know, the the travelling that they did around the schools and the different rugby league clubs, and you know, it's really Jamaica's, you know, really embracing uh, the idea that they've got a internationally uh, competitive rugby league team. It was really heartwarming to see, and I think the organisers of the Rugby League World Cup deserve great kudos for what they're how they're doing this, how they're going about it. They're really trying to. Uh, be inclusive with their organisation and it's really exciting it's getting it's wetting my appetite for 2021 mm. I can't wait so that's that's one prog mom the other prog mom was from the uh, NRL Parramatta versus Dragons game uh, on the weekend and I just loved the fact that we saw between the two teams three long distance tries in a row in the space of about 10 minutes there yeah, was yeah. probably the best one was the Dragons one which was very much a Toulouse Olympic like <laughs> try it went from one corner of the field to the other and, and a 100 metre try through various sets of hands and great offloading skill and then there was the, the try from Clint Gutherson where he just broke through and, and ran about 80 metres from dummy half and then there was the other try from uh, Sika was it Mika Mika Siko Mika Siko I think his name is and that was a, a thrilling try so that was the first time this year that I actually jumped out of my chair. I was actually Ooh, jumping up and down. You know it had to be pretty exciting to get John out to jump out of yeah, his chair. I was I mean, jumping. He didn't know, like, especially under the weight of that wet blanket he wears. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Start <Yeah>. and the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, so three long-distance tries in a row. I just love it. At yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, Pretty exciting. That's me. Now, right. I know you're about to end the show, Slug, but yeah. before you do... You're about to leave us for a few weeks. You've got a new exciting job and you won't be able to join us for a few weeks. Now, I, I want you to know how much you mean to us. Right. Do you know how much you mean to us? Well, I mean, you know... Wh- you, mean, <laughs> you mean this much to us. Here you go. Hang about. Oh, what is this? What's that? It's a... I'm a progressive rugby league friend of the show t-shirt. Wow. That's for you, wow. my friend. So when you... Uh, doing what you're doing I want you to wear this t-shirt and remember Big Al and I are just talking rubbish a couple of suburbs away about the great game (laughs) that is rugby league thank you for giving me extra room in the chest that's uh, (laughs) that's very lovely Um, yeah and you know what yeah people will never suspect because it says friend of the show it's me it's really me yeah and ladies and gentlemen we've actually uh got a couple of extra progressive rugby league friend of the show t-shirts so over the next couple of weeks we might uh might give a couple away so stay tuned they're they're okay no we can talk them up they're pretty good they're pretty good they're, they're pretty, pretty good, good. So, i mean there can be improvements made yes but they're, for, they're good for a first try they're good for off cuts <laughs> 
Uh, well, thank you, everybody. Yeah, as Jono said, I'm, I'm uh, uh, professionally in demand, and I'll be working some long and strange hours uh, for the for, for you know a little while yet. So I I don't want to put in a second rate performance here on this podcast. Sure. That's what I'm saying to you. I wouldn't do it to you. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't come in here you know, not knowing what I was talking about. Big Al, we're going to do the pull-together factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking down from the coach's box with a slightly gormless look on my face as you guys put in for me. Yes. <laughs> uh, but with that, I'll say bye all. See ya. See ya. In Rugby League We Trust. But um, it's a little, uh, we can get in and go. Ruby Thirteens. Ruby Thirteens. Can you please do that? <laughs> I'll give it a go. I'll upside down. Upside down. Ruby that was good. We should all do it and then just give people oh, yeah. a bit of bowel trouble all of a sudden. <laughs> hit, hit the brown note. When it comes to French Canadian, rub it back. That would be good. All right. <laughs>